What is up, y'all? It is your girl. Welcome to episode 28 of Candid Talk with Chanel. We're almost at that 30 episode mark. I'm gonna have to think of something fun to do during that 30th episode, even though we'll probably still be on quarantine because I'll probably get to that episode by the middle of the week. Um, it's funny. So it is gorgeous outside. I want to say today is May 3rd and um, I just finished eating and I'm letting my food digest because I need to go outside and get some fresh air and take a little walk being how the weather is 80 plus degrees and um, as you all know I'm with child and I haven't been active the way I normally would have if we weren't on quarantine and I was working and having dance rehearsals and doing different things. And so I, for these past two and a half months or two months and change, I have been like pretty sedentary, which is not good, especially being in my third trimester of pregnancy. Now more than ever, I really need to keep active, right? Because this is all what is supposedly supposed to help me with uh, childbirth and all of that good stuff. And I do feel my body like feeling heavy more so my belly. I haven't gained much weight, which is great, but I do feel the weight of my belly and my knees and I just feel it. So I'm going to do a quick little episode and then I, my food should be digested at this point and then I'm outside getting some air and going for a walk, getting these legs and hips and butt moving. Um, but it's funny. So as I'm I'm like watching Married to Medicine LA because tonight is the premiere of season two. So I'm kind of catching up on season one. And in the middle of that, I'm like pausing it. And I stumbled, I followed the Jasmine brand on Instagram. Um, I went on Instagram, I don't remember to do what, but um, I stumbled on an interview that the Jasmine brand captured. A young lady was having some kind of like a, virtual interview or conversation with Gabrielle Union and um, pretty much Gabrielle Union is discussing how this quarantine and this pandemic has affected a lot of black entertainers financially and a lot of these influencers whether um, maybe she was more so referring to the, the Instagram kind of influencers um, she said, even though you'd always see them like jet setting, going from Dubai to this place to that place, like a lot of people she was saying are two paychecks away from not being able to pay their bills. And I remember in maybe four episodes ago, five episodes ago, I had mentioned how, you know, I was really limiting my time on social media. Like every time I would be on Instagram, I think I'd reference Tank, who's one of my favorite R&B singers. Um, and how it he was he was almost becoming annoying with reposting all of his albums that he has ever done and just with constantly trying to get us to to stream his music and i remember then saying damn it's hard out here for these artists you know even though it's annoying for me to constantly see them out here trying to get us to you know get coins in their pocket and and buy into whatever it is that they're selling um, it's because it's like a necessity, you know, and to hear Gabrielle Union say that, and not that I'm here to count people's money or assume what people have in their bank accounts, but in my mind, Gabrielle Union 
has way more of a higher net worth than let's say Tank does. And for her to even be saying, and we know she's married to Dwayne Wade, so she's in good hands, right? But I get what she's saying, meaning her money. Like I'm married and my husband and I, of course, have a two income household. We both contribute to our household and things of that nature. We both handle bills and whatever, right? But I don't, I don't like count necessarily count my my husband's money and his other accounts as my money and yes I do believe in the theory of what's mine is yours what's yours is mine when we're married and I ultimately know that that is the case but I just like to know that I have my own bread you know what I'm saying that I have my own money and you know it just so happens that God has tremendously blessed me where I think I mentioned this before episodes ago how my money kind of came in prior and during this quarantine was just crazy, right? My Thank God my job is still paying me every two weeks, right? I'm still getting my paycheck that I should be getting. And thank God, you know, I had just gotten my tax return before all this stuff happened. And I threw in the, I threw it in the bank. I didn't spend much of it. And then I got my stimulus check money from the IRS. And so like how my money cash flow went, it's almost as if being on quarantine, crazy enough, I have more money in my bank account than I do, um, than I did if this quarantine thing didn't happen, if I'm being 100% honest. And it's just the way the rollout of everything happened. And then, of course, with the government hitting us with the, the stimulus check or whatever. So I'm I'm good. I haven't been spending money other than buying groceries and things of that nature. But like I haven't and paying my bills, of course, but I haven't been spending money. You know, um, I'm on time with my bills. I didn't want to let this whole quarantine pandemic situation have me like, nope, I'm not going to pay this this month. Nope, I'm not going to pay that because how could they expect me to pay it? You know, we're on, we're going through a pandemic. I can't work. And it's like, no, Chanel, you're still getting your income every two weeks. You're blessed to get that, you know, and um, whatever money I'm putting away, I've put away. You know, um, but I still wanted to stay on top of my bills because I'm blessed to be in a situation where my income has been consistent. Like this, this pandemic hasn't affected my money. Praise be to Jesus, right? So yes, I can pay my bills and no, I'm not going to use it as an excuse to, you know, to have more money or whatever, because you're either going to pay it on the front end or you're going to pay it on the back end. And a lot of times take it from someone who struggled enough in her life. When you pay things on the back end, you end up paying way more money than if you would have just paid it on the front end. So yes, I'm paying my car note. Yes, I'm paying the water bill. Yes, I'm paying the electricity and gas bill. Like, yes, I'm paying the cable bill. I'm paying the phone bill. Yes, I'm paying my car insurance. I'm paying whatever I need to pay (laughs) as if this whole thing hasn't happened because I still have had my consistent income as opposed to, because I feel like some of us, you know, Maybe using it as an excuse to just keep money, and I get it, but I'm telling you, you're going to pay more on the back end. Um, And then for those of us who are really in situations where we're not getting paid, absolutely, like, work out what you need to work out with your creditors or whatever you need to do with your landlords or with your mortgage companies, like, work all that stuff out. I get it. If you're not getting that residual income that you're accustomed to, then I get that you may have to push off certain bills to be paid at a later date, right? Because you didn't choose to not work. This is a pandemic. 
But for those of us, I feel, whose money wasn't affected like that, like, still pay your bills, folks. Pay your bills. <laughs> That's just me. I digress. But I remember saying in a couple of podcast episodes ago that um, a lot of these celebrities who we see with millions of followers on social media and we're seeing them, you know, living these nice lifestyles. It seems that they have these nice cars. They're going on these fancy vacations and they're living in these beautiful homes and they're wearing all these designer labels, right? And I remember saying, most of these people are living paycheck to paycheck. Granted, their paychecks may be hundreds of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars more than what the average person would get every two weeks when they get paid, right? Or every week when they get paid. Their check, you know, you do a gig, let's say a singer like Tank, he's on tour. Um, and every show he negotiated where maybe he's he's getting 100000 a show. 80,000 a show. Like so yeah, they're they're bringing in a lot of money, right? And still remember, they have to pay taxes on all these things too. So doing let's say he let's say I'm just throwing a random number out there. Let's say he is making 100,000 a show. He's probably only coming home with a little over 50 or about 50 because you got to pay Uncle Sam. You know what I'm saying? So yes, they're making large lump sums of money in one sitting, but Unless they're living under their means, then a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. And let's keep it real. That 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 Hollywood life, that that entertainment industry life, a big part of that life is, you know, they they a lot of them believe in faking it till you make it. So you gotta look the part. You know what I'm saying? You gotta look fly, you gotta be fly, your wit better be fly, like you gotta look like the superstar. Your brand has to look a certain way, right? to continue to to get to, to have a certain level of influence or to get people to buy into what you're doing or to get different deals negotiated or you know what I'm saying? So that was real for Gabrielle Union to be like mo and she said most of us. She didn't say most celebrities or most whatever. She was like most of us are um about two paychecks away from not being able to fully pay our bills, us being out of work is not helping us <laughs> in essence, you know? And then she goes on to make other good points and she says another thing that I've always said and I continuously say, which is what I'm thinking. I think I need to do a series on the entertainment industry only because I've done so much research on it for the last 10 years that, sorry, yeah, my stomach is growling. <laughs> I just ate, but it's rumbling, whatever. I did so much research for the last 10 years about the entertainment industry, the dark side of it, and just like a lot of what really happens. Um, I probably should kind of do some series within this podcast that's just dedicated to that. Um, and this probably maybe will happen at some point in 2020, not sure as to when, not sure if I'm settled on doing it for that matter, but um, it seems to trickle its way into a lot of uh what I discuss, right? Um so at some point it probably should have its own few few back-to-back -back episodes, right? Um but she used the same term that I use all the time, how the industry is all smoke and mirrors. And she used this in in the context of, you know, just how they present their brands like on Instagram, you know, how she said, "You know how you can 
you can walk past an influencer or a celebrity and not even know it. Walk past them in the street and not even know it, right? She said, because when you're seeing them on television or when you're seeing them on Instagram or social media or wherever, you know, they're using all kinds of filters. There's all kinds of, um, uh, I forgot the other term she used, but like, you know, it's, Every picture, every video is edited to perfection. You know, it's so you're seeing them at a level that's not even true to how they authentically look even. So then when you when you see how they authentically look, <laughs> you know, whether they have on makeup or not, you'll end up passing them in the street and not even realizing, oh shoot, that's so-and-so, you know what I'm saying? Um, Cause I feel like regardless of whether you got makeup on or not, we should be able to like, you, you shouldn't look that different than how we know you to, to present yourself, so to speak. And so, um, a lot of it is smoke and mirrors people, a lot of auto tune, not auto tune, a lot of face tune, a lot of face filters, um, a lot of procedures, all that jazz. Um, she also said that even for the celebrities or the entertainers who who do have wealth, right? Because she was also saying that it doesn't matter that a lot of these people have millions of followers. Your following on social media does not equate to the wealth in your bank. Now, maybe for a lot of like influencers, and I, I, I'm literally using air quotes as I say that, for a lot of influencers, the amount of followers they have is great leverage for them because now they can collaborate with other brands, they can endorse products for brands because now the thought is if you have 2.2 million people following you then and, and I'm a makeup brand and you're advertising my makeup then in my mind there's a higher chance that revenue is going to come in. A lot of the people you influence because you're going to influence them to to buy this brand of makeup that you, it's going to bring in more money, right? So I see how with influencers, your following is your leverage. But let's keep it real. You can have 2.2 million followers and only have freaking 10 grand in the bank. Let's keep it real. And, you know, Gabrielle made another great point. Like, we're we're talking liquid dollars. I'm not talking, you know, or we're talking actual dollars. Like, you cannot charge your rent, which is true. You know, when you make a rent payment, you can't, you can't, you know, hand your credit card over to your landlord for your landlord to swipe for you to pay. The only way I think maybe you could pay using your credit card is if you go to the ATM machine and you're able to draw that money out your account. But let's keep it real. Most people's rent <laughs> is these days is 1200 and above, right? So I don't know how much you're drawing off of a credit card, Maybe you have a crazy limit. I don't know. But like a lot of we a lot of times we think people have all this money. Yeah, you got 2.2 million followers, but you ain't got you don't have a million dollars in the bank. You don't even have a quarter of a million dollars in the bank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot that comes with that, you know. Um, and so she was saying a lot of people who are famous, you know, once again, we equate fame to money. You could be famous and be broke. We know this. How many of the 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 icons of of the music industry when they first got into the game 
were hustled and, and, and were broke. The whole world knew who they were, but they had no money. Like we know this story, right? Even if you want to talk about the reality, B and C list celebrities out here, you know, not everybody's getting paid a lot of money per episode. Like, so yeah, we all know who you are. We know what you look like. You know, we know what you quote unquote do for a living, but that doesn't mean that you have money in the bank. So, you know, she also made that point. Like, listen, it's getting real. Like a lot of black entertainers and even entertainers in general are who have been out of work these past two months. Like they're, they're a check or two away from not being able to pay their bills. And that is scary, right? I know what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. I've lived paycheck to paycheck the whole time I lived on my own for seven years um, and leaving my parents' house and before getting married. So I know what that's like. But the difference is I knew, I guaranteed, even though I was living paycheck to paycheck, I could count on that paycheck coming every two weeks. But it's different when you're in the entertainment industry because you don't have that consistency unless you booked... um, Maybe you're on a series that's killing a game and y'all are already in season two and already got picked up for season three and four, then that's different. And even then you're hoping that your character still remains as part of the script and the storyline. You know what I'm saying? Like there is no guarantee in the entertainment business. That's the difference instead of working a corporate job or, you know, um, working it even even working in retail or working a blue collar job like it's you can count on your paycheck every week or every two weeks but in the entertainment business it's different like your next livelihood is based off of you booking that next job whether you're a singer you know um working on that album doing that tour doing these spot dates (laughs) like you know what i'm saying a lot of uh, I think a lot of wealth is created once they start investing and 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 um developing other brands and projects and empires of their own, you know, kind of like the Kardashian way you know in the beginning, Chris Jenner, I feel like used to pimp out Kim K in the sense of any brand that wanted to work with Kim Kardashian back in like two thousand and seven when the world started to know who she was, like she took every job. She, I remember she was endorsing all kinds of things where looking back, like that's not even your brand, Kim, but she was still trying to figure out what her brand was. Because I remember she was endorsing weight loss um, supplements. She was endorsing like any, any company that wanted to work with her, she worked with them until she got to a point where she had enough relevancy and fame to where she was able to now work on passion projects and to really cultivate her brand, you know, um, which takes time too, you know, but like those are the people who end up thriving. And even then I'm pretty sure, well, she's probably still making money in her sleep regardless of this whole pandemic. But even then, you know what I'm saying? Even if her cash flow kind of stopped just a little bit, you know, at least she has a lot of other streams of income. And so that's the thing, like if you're a singer, like I said, I keep referencing Tank because I mentioned him before. I don't know what other, in what, what investments he may have. I hope that he has other things going on. You know, he seems to be the breadwinner. You know, his wife is an entrepreneur. 
I know she does his wife, Zena Foster. She has like, she's more in the beauty industry as far as like skincare and like the, the accessories you'll use, like the face rollers and all those kinds of things. And it seems like she makes money, but I don't know to the magnitude of what that, what she brings in with that. So for the most part, he's the breadwinner. It's his paycheck that probably makes their household thrive and survive. They have, they have kids together and Tank got like four other kids from other relationships. Um, and so I could only imagine, you know, but I'm hoping he has other investments or like collaborations, but from the outside looking in, not that we would know his business or I would know his business, but on the outside looking in, it seems like his singing is the business. And so after a while, if you want to become not just rich, if you want to be wealthy out here, you actually have to, um, you have to have multiple streams of income. <laughs> like you can't, you can't expect to, to, to just gain wealth off of one hustle, you know, and that's the thing. So whether you're a singer, a rapper, um, a model, quote unquote, influencer, actor, actress, or whatever, like you got to have multiple streams of income. I think for us regular everyday people who are not in the entertainment business, multiple streams of income is necessary, which is why, <laughs> you know, aside from my day job, I'm, I've been working and building, you know, my brand for so long um, because I understand that at some point, I need another stream of income. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just rely on my day job. You know, I I want to be able to have something else going where I'm, where maybe I am making money in my sleep. Or like I said, when I, you know, if I'm doing two or three podcasting episodes a week, that's bringing in income, you know, which is why I decided to utilize a lot of my downtime with being on this quarantine, aside from working on music and stuff to really like, do a lot of podcasting episodes and to really flex my my muscle with this because I'm still learning it's still new to me and to figure out exactly I'm not that I don't know my voice with it because I'm clear in my message but like to figure out what my my style of podcasting is and to not always feel like I have to rely on interviews like we're in a quarantine you know granted I could still dial people in and and just have people that I interview to say that I just to to, to just say that I've interviewed them but I want to be able to build a core base off of just me you know what I'm saying not a core base that's based off of me always interviewing someone else like I want the interviews to be the icing on the cake but I want for a majority of that I want for all of the cake for the most part to be me you know what I'm saying um this way I develop a, a base off of just me communicating my thoughts and opinions and perspective on just a lot of real life controversial shit you know what I'm saying so you know I'm glad that I've been able to like I think at this point at this point I might have I might have been able to bang out about 15 podcast episodes since being on quarantine. And, um, you know, so yeah, like I wanted to get to a point where there is steady income coming from this passion 
hustle, so to speak, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, I understand multiple streams of income is an important thing. Now, yes, I'm thankful to be in a household that it has multiple streams of income, but even just what I'm also contributing to my household, aside from my day job income, I want to have other streams of income. Um, so yeah, you know, it's real. So it's funny. I had to like, I'm like, let me jump on quick before I go and take my walk, you know, because I want I'm like, this is the stuff that I talk about all the time. And sometimes I, sometimes I be feeling like y'all think I'm crazy out there. <laughs> so when I hear someone from the industry speaking to these things themselves, successful people from the entertainment business, speaking to a lot of the things that I talk about, I'm like, oh, mm -mm, I got to jump on. And I, I believe what I'm going to do is I'm going to attach what Gabrielle Union was saying. I'm going to attach that audio to this episode. Um, I'll end the episode with this, you know, with what she was saying, because I think it's real. And I think for those who do want to go that direction and, and be in the entertainment business in that industry, I think that it's important to know um as much as possible, what you're getting yourself into. And that's why I talk a lot about it. You know, I have loved ones who are working, actively working in the entertainment business. I have loved ones who aspire to work in the entertainment business, and that's fine. You know, sometimes I, I, I understand that I may come across as if I'm shitting on that business, but it's only because, because I'm aware of a lot of the dark side of it, which is like, for me, it's not worth it in the end, but that's everybody's individual decision and choice to make. And not everybody may see that dark side, or not, let me not say that, not everybody may experience the dark side to the level that I talk about it because it's more so when you're on a higher level of or echelon of success that now the doors are open for you to see a lot of craziness. So it's like a, it's like a weird thing. Um, but I just still like for people, like I said, because there are people in my life who are in this industry and, or who are trying to break into this industry just to be aware, you know? Um, so that's why I'll speak passionately about it. And what caused me to do so much research about it is because years ago, I probably, I, I truly believe I low key wanted to kind of stick my foot in the in the entertainment industry um, waters to a certain degree. Uh, this is probably the third time that I've said this on this podcast that, you know, once I started really building complex simplicity years ago, um, that I was like, you would be great to be on a talk show and to be able to be on this level and this platform. And even though prior to that, I had already done a lot of research on the industry, you know, I had to remind myself like Chanel, <laughs> like this is a world that you probably would have a hard time um, looking the other way with a lot of stuff that goes on. Like, let's say I was, you know, noticed or my hard work and my brand garnered the attention of, like I always say, execs or certain people who wanted to work with me. Let's say it did get to a point where I, I did have a talk show or I was a, a part of a panel on a talk show or I was offered some type of reality show or whatever may have you um, where my face is plastered on a television screen. Chanel, you know you're going to now be exposed 
to a world that is nine out of 10 times going to conflict with your personal value system um, and with your viewpoints about a lot of things. And so for me, I had to have that hard conversation and real conversation with myself to say, is this a path that you want to go down? You know, if it is a path that you want to go down, then are you going to be able to handle certain things if you were to achieve success in this area? You know, um, and so for me, I had to come to terms with the fact that maybe a part of me low-key did want some kind of like um, success in this industry. But I think at some point, if I were to garner a certain level of that success, I probably would be confronted with selling my soul and I don't know that that is something that I could do, right? So, or or maybe in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I would never do that or I would never do that. And then, as I always say, we all have a price out here, right? And then there's a, there's a, a, a dollar amount that I couldn't resist. And then now I find myself compromising and doing things that are, go against everything that I stood for. Like I, for me, the older that I got, And as I started to get a little bit more clear and settled on the life that I truly want to lead, and I started to get to the point where career wasn't everything to me that I thought it would be, or it it didn't it didn't mean as much to me as I thought that it would mean. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a working girl. I love making my own money and things of that nature. But a few years ago, I believed that, you know, career was everything. And now my perspective is a bit different. So, and that just comes with, you know, sometimes we, we, we grow and we change our minds about certain things and life teaches us what really is important. And so for me, my priorities shifted a bit as it pertained to that. And I also think working in the luxury retail world I started to even see the dark side of that world. And so it's just like, uh, you know? Um, and so, yes, I, come, I do come off very passionate and kind of hard on the entertainment industry. But it, like I said, I've done a lot of research over the last 10 years. And for me, I just see that it's a certain road that I don't want to go down in that way. You know, um, I don't mind podcasting. It's a form of entertainment, but hopefully more than this being entertaining, I'm hoping that this is more so like helpful. You know, um, I kind of categorize this as more of like my, my podcast is more of a self-help type of situation than like just entertaining you for 55 minutes to an hour, you know? Um, and so you know, whatever it is that I'm building and the content that I'm creating, I'm always coming from an aspect of helping others um, and not like just entertaining you, so to speak. Um, but, you know, so I, I definitely, that's why I always put that disclaimer out there. I don't want anyone who has ambitions to be in this industry to, to start to question what you're doing and what you want for yourself. Um, Unless that's naturally how you feel, you know, but for the most part, my thing is, listen, if you're going to get, get down with this industry off of the little bit that I've learned about it, just be careful about certain things or don't get surprised if you make it to a certain level of success and you're now confronted with things that you're like, whoa, 
what is this? You know, <laughs> like what, you know, you want me to do what, you know, or like, please don't like then be all surprised and things of that nature. Like try to like be clear in what you're getting yourself into, even from a basic level with just Gabrielle Union stating financially, just what the hustle is and the grind is, you know, they always say you're only as good as your, as your last job, so to speak. So that's like a, a grueling world. It's not easy. It's a lot of rejection. And I give, take my hat off to people who pound the pavement doing this day in and day out. You know, a lot of people get told no more than they get told yes. And if you're a person of color, just know that the opportunities are even smaller, right? So if that's truly what you feel you should be doing with your life, and this is the career path, and you feel this is your God-given purpose or whatever, go for it. I just say, keep your eyes open. You know what I'm saying? Try to have an understanding or a reality-based perspective of what you're getting yourself into in that world. Pay attention to how a lot of these celebrities who have made it um, are leading their lives. It's funny. I had posted on Facebook last week, I believe, Lily from SWV. I follow her on Instagram. And she must have been watching the Whitney Houston, one of the biopics, one of the many biopics that they have done. And this probably was the one that was in the theater, the movie theaters that they took out. That was, I, I think, the most accurate and the most rawest and realest um, depiction of Whitney Houston's life and the things that she had gone through. Um, and Lily was just like, you know, it's crazy how, you know, what the industry can do to you. And she, she pretty much was like, I'm, I've, I've been in this industry for probably at this point over 20 years, and I've been blessed with my fellow groupmates, meaning Coco and. Um, I don't know why the other group mate's name is slipping my mind. Um, but we've been in this industry for X amount of years and we have had some measure of success. But she said, I'm glad that our level of success wasn't to the point where we were confronted almost with like losing our lives is pretty much what she was saying. And then I found it interesting that she said, so for those who want to be in the entertainment business, she said, keep your dream. But also remember, sometimes it's better to be the big time singer at your church. Or sometimes it's better to be, you know, pretty much she was saying, sometimes it's better to be a big fish in a small pond. Um, and th these are the things that I've been saying in my personal conversations over the years with people and even things I've mentioned on this podcast. And so when I hear someone who's in the business and who has had some measure of success within the business saying these things, it tells me that my quote unquote conspiracy theories are not far-fetched, right? You know, some of them may sound crazy to those who maybe never gave much thought to it or who are not conspiracy theorists or whatever, but it tells me that a lot of the research that I have been doing over the past 10 years is not all bogus. Like it tells me that a lot of what I've learned is really what it is. And so for her to say that, you know, and that stood out to me when she's like, you know what? Sometimes it's worth it just to be that big time singer in your church. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's worth it to, uh, you know, um, rap or, or act or do these things on, on, a, on a smaller level. 
She said, because to be honest with you, all of this comes with a price. All of the fame, the money, all of that stuff comes with a price. And she was saying a lot of times that price could be your life, meaning death. So, um, and then she went back to, you know, kind of like speaking to how like drugs and, you know, so when you see a lot of entertainers and it's like, oh, this one died of drug overdose. This one died of a car crash. Like it's always the same. People are dying in the same ways, which to me is a bit of a red flag, right? Yes, a lot of uh, celebrities have turned to drugs to cope with whatever demons they had prior to fame and all that stuff, as well as the demons they acquired while being in the industry. It's a little bit of both, I believe. And um, there's a lot to be said about that. And when these messages are coming from people within the industry, I think it's it's worth taking note of. So if this is an industry you want to be in, I just say keep your eyes open and, and really... Pay attention. Do your own research even. You know, why is it that so many celebrities seem to be unhappy? Another point Gabrielle Union made, even the ones that may have all the wealth in the world, their families are are not talking to them <laughs> nine out of ten times. They're lonely. <laughs> They're unhappy. Like, all of this shit comes with a price, y'all. You know, um, and a lot of, unfortunately... A lot of these celebrities are not happy. They are not at peace. I've even heard some, a lot of them saying, whether they're saying it through their art, their music, whatever, or they're verbally saying it in interviews and in conversations that they missed the days when they were broke because that's when they were most happy. You know, we as humans, we're wired to always think that, oh, our lives can be so much better. And oh, if we live this life and oh, if we had all this money and oh, if we had this dream job and oh, if we had this and that, this, then we'd be happy. The best of it probably for most of us, I think, is is when we don't have all these things we wish that we had. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think for a lot of people that made it, the best times that they had was after they worked for X amount of years and they finally got that record deal or they finally landed that movie role or they finally got what they were working for, that's the happiest that they were. I, I always notice, especially with people in the music side of the industry, um, that first album, they're like pigs and shit, the happiest ever. By the time that second album comes along, the, they're somber, they seem super depressed, <laughs> You know, the tone of the music even changes. I remember seeing that with Drake. I remember seeing that with Lil Wayne, I feel like. I remember seeing that with, um, well, the names are slipping me, but so many artists where it's like, yo, they don't even seem happy no more. I remember seeing that with like Trey Songs. I remember seeing that with Chris Brown because the reality of what they're in, the reality of what the industry truly entails they're at that point able to see through all the smoke and mirrors like, yo, this is what I, I didn't sign up quite for this, you know? So that's why I always say, keep your eyes open, do your own research. You don't have to take my word for it, but do your own research. We're in quarantine. Maybe as opposed to us being on social media so much, start, start looking up or YouTubing videos about certain of your favorite entertainers, whether they're actors or actresses or rappers and singers or athletes, like start, start looking stuff up. You know what I'm saying? And, and really 
seeing and doing your research. You know what I'm saying? Um, because there's a lot that comes with that that world. It just is, you know. Um, it just is. The entertainment industry is an industry where you can make a lot of money and have wealth, right? There are those that get to that point, um, which is why, like I said, it all comes with a price. You know, it all comes with a price. And um, let's keep it real. Everyday people working everyday jobs have moments of unhappiness and misery at their jobs. You know, once you start to see what it is, I'll never forget in the social work world, you know, in the beginning, I, I have my my super superwoman uniform on trying to save the world and save all these kids and teenagers who were abused and neglected. And then I realized what the system actually entails. I realized that the social work and the foster, let me more so, the foster care system is designed to fail. Once I started to realize that, it it, it took away whatever uh, do goodness or purity I thought the job had. Now, I would still work hard, as hard as I could, and do the best that I could and be honest, you know, um, in working with my families and, and, and things of that nature. But if I'm being honest, I started to see how corrupt the foster care system is and how like the the prison system, the more kids in foster care, the more money is that is made, right? I was only able to get a paycheck every two weeks because a kid was in foster care. And once I started to see the business side of it, and once I started to see that this shit was all numbers and mm, that at the tippity, 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 tippity top, it wasn't about helping kids the way we thought it was. Yes, that took away some of the enjoyment and satisfaction for me. Yes, I start my eyes began to open to what like the evils of even that world that I was working in. It's it's around us wherever we go, folks. So this is not just necessarily the entertainment industry. I think that the entertainment industry, the 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 evils is to a whole other level because we're talking a lot more money. But even just in the industries I've worked in, and I've mentioned it before, even with luxury retail, I'm I've started seeing the dark side of that and the, the business side. It's all about the business. And the fact that if I really think about it, there are people in other countries working in sweatshops <laughs> making the merchandise. Like if I really want to track it and go far and do further research, I will see even more how dark and evil the industry I work in is. It's all around us. <laughs> so it's hard for me not to be a conspiracy theorist <laughs> because I feel like I could see the forest from the trees, man. It is real out here. When you look in the medical field, listen, I see a hematologist, I told y'all, and they always, being pregnant, I swear to you, <laughs> because I'm anemic, my blood is taken all the time. I am always being probed in my veins. I get iron infusions in my veins. I tell people when you're pregnant, people are either always sticking you in your veins or they're sticking you in your cooch. <laughs> like your body is just, it just, it, not that it's not your own, but it's like, just be comfortable for those who want to be pregnant. Just be comfortable with like being told to spread them. 
and there's going to be some type of spectrum or tool being placed in your vagina, just be used to the fact that you're going to be giving blood upon blood upon blood. And when I saw my hematologist maybe two months ago or a month ago, not even weeks ago, I said, oh, we're only taking three vials of blood today because at one point they they had taken like 20 vials of my blood in one sitting. Imagine that, y'all. Um, so I said, oh, only three vials of blood today. She was like, yeah. She's like, you know, it's funny. We had a guy here and he thought that we were selling the blood. I said, you know what? I'm not going to lie. That crossed my mind because the amount of blood you guys are taking to test me for whatever you're testing me for is insane. I said, you guys took 20 vials of blood in one sitting one time. Like how much blood, how much of my blood do you need to run these tests? And I, I know my, my blood type. Do y'all know y'all blood types out here? What I will say is it's what I will say is, is that it is important to know what your blood type is. I'm B positive. I did research on my blood type. I didn't realize that my blood type is somewhat rare. Also didn't realize that my blood type is used for a lot of cancer patients because whatever is in my blood helps with whatever healing uh qual- certain healing qualities in my blood I guess right I remember my mom and I did research on this because my mom and I are the same blood type and now that I'm having a child I even tell my husband babe make sure you know what your blood type is you know, we're about to have a baby. We need to know what our blood type is just in case of anything. I said, at least with my mom, if she ever needed blood, I know I could give her blood and potentially save her life. God forbid if there was like a life or death matter and vice versa. At least I know her and I are B positive, you know, so it's important for you to know your blood types, you know, and your, your, your immediate family's blood types just in case of anything. Um, but you know, I told the, hema, the, 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 the tech who was taking my blood, like, listen, I said, I'm, I'm clear that my blood type is somewhat rare. So yes, I'm not going to lie. My eyebrows went up. I was kind of giving you the side eye when you're taking all this blood from me because yes, it's clear that I'm anemic. Why do we need 20 vials of blood? Granted, I'm not a hematologist, so who knows? But I, I, what I do know is you're not using, sorry. I had something on pause. What I do know is, is you're not using a whole vial of blood to, to do, to run a test, right? So what's happening with all this blood? So for her to say that there was a man who stopped going there because he thought that they were selling the blood or they were using it for other things, she was just like, I told him no. He went and got a second opinion and it, it coincided with what our hematologist said, you know, and he had to come back. But I, to me, listen, I don't take anything at face value. I don't. Y'all know I'm on high alert. I said that in the last or last episode or two. I'm always on high alert with everything. Like, I don't take things at face value. I don't trust the medical system to the point where they can do no wrong and there is no kind of funny-duddy, shady business happening. Let's keep it real. Like, all of this shit is a business. Do you know why medication is always being pushed at us? Because the pharmaceutical company is like probably a trillion dollar company. Like everything is about money and business at the end of the day. You know, not saying that you don't have good people working within these systems who want to make a difference and who want to help heal people and things of that nature. But let's keep it real. The people who sit in high seats of power, this stuff is all about the money. T.I. had a song, if it ain't about the money, like that's how the world works. (laughs) Why do we think on the dollar bill we see the all-seeing eye? 
Next time you're watching TV, folks, next time you're watching a movie, next time you're watching something Disney, next time you're watching a, um, an award show, why is everything in a pyramid shape? Why is there an all-seeing eye? Why do all these celebrities throw up the same uh, secret society hand signs? Like, just, just, just riddle me that. Just pay attention to that. It's on the freaking dollar bill. A, a pyramid with the all-seeing eye. This stuff means stuff, folks. And it's getting to the point where it's not even as subliminal and, and low-key as it used to be. You know, um, so it's even easier to see. It's like in our faces all the time. So, you know, even in music videos, like you're going to see the same consistent theme of symbols. That stuff means stuff. And it means stuff that's a part of the dark, the darkness of the world, right? Um, so yes, <laughs> there's a part of me that feels like all this blood of mine that's been taken throughout my pregnancy Yes, three vials, I'm probably not going to side-eye the situation. But you're taking 20 vials of my blood at once, or there's certain... Uh, it makes me wonder. I could be wrong, but it just makes me wonder. <laughs> you know? Um, and just even how quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of physicians are willing to push medication. Um, I remember learning that the more doctors were able to get people who were diagnosed with cancer to do rounds of chemotherapy, like they were getting bonuses. So like the same kind of bonuses, I always say like at my store, when we make our goals and we supersede whatever base level goals, we get bonuses. So it's like a similar kind of thing. You know, X amount of patients are signed up for chemotherapy. Then there are certain bonuses that these physicians are getting, paid vacations, all kinds of stuff. Like Let's not get anything twisted. Um, why? Because this stuff is all attached to pharmaceutical companies. They're billing people's insurance for these things. Like, it's real. It's super real. <laughs> super, super, super real. Um, which is why everyone has the right to, you know, when you're confronted with certain of those devastating situations, okay, am I going to do chemotherapy? Am I going to go the holistic approach? What stage of cancer do I have? You know, you're getting, I always say get second and third opinions, you know. Um, do your research into different methods of medicine. Um, can changing your diet be effective? I don't know, but, you know, I just say there's a reason why medications are pushed for everything without even batting an eye, even my OBGYN. I told y'all that I have white coat syndrome. So anytime they take my blood pressure, it's never fully accurate because of a certain level of anxiety that I'll get. And she was threatening to put me on medication for high blood pressure early in the game. You know, like most physicians will be like, okay, we'll, we'll see. And granted, it could be because I am pregnant. And if you do have high blood pressure while pregnant, um, it affects the blood flow to the baby and things of that nature. I get that. But let's keep it real. I see my OBGYN every month, every two weeks, depending. So you could have waited two weeks to have me come, or have me come back in a week just to see before you make that decision. Why was it just, why was that the go-to response, right? So in my mind, yes, I understand there's concern. We want to make sure that the baby is good. 
But then on the other side of things, I also think of the business side of it and prescribing another patient to take medication or whatever may have you, how that's a money-making business too. I get that part too, you know? So I just say, let's keep our eyes open, folks. (laughs) Let us keep these eyes open. Um, Depending, like I said, evil's all around us. It's not just secluded to the entertainment industry. Like I said, I saw the evil in the social work, foster care aspect of that world. I definitely see it in the, the, the retail world. And so it's in every industry. Let's keep it all the way real. <laughs> you know, and for us, I guess it's up to us with how much of how much of it we can take or maybe we would never be confronted with anything that will challenge our value system or our morals or our faith-based uh, belief systems or whatever. Um, but to me, it's just still good to always keep your eyes open and be aware. I like to be aware of the unknown. And maybe that's why I'll, in some ways I'll actually seek it out if I'm being honest. I don't always just let it hit me. When I was younger, I would just let it haphazardly hit me, hit me in the face where I'm like, oh, right? Now I'm to the point where, okay, let me seek out. Let me try to find, you know, where the dark side lies of this company or this industry or whatever. So I know if I'm confronted or when I'm confronted with certain foolishness, I'll know to not be caught off guard by it. I'll know more or less how far my my boundaries will be with certain things. You know what I'm saying? But that's just me. Um, but I, I still say try to try to go into any any industry you're trying to work in. Try to go, you know, we all should be doing our research, right? I had to do my research when I was switching industries to retail and I, I never worked retail. I needed to understand certain systems of it. I needed to do research on the particular company that I, I was applying for, you know? Um, I think it's important to know what you're getting into, potentially. We'll never know everything, but let me at least do some research. Let me know where this, was, this company was founded, on what are the principles of the company like let me let me try to find things out and then of course I did entry-level research and then once I got into the company then you start learning things and once I became a manager then my eyes became open to other things and I started to learn and and see other things and I'm like oh okay okay you know what I'm saying um so that's every industry that we work in um but what I will say is that it probably is a lot more in your face in the entertainment industry and you may depending on how successful you are you really may be confronted with with some shit but you know everybody's different I'm a Christian so my perspective is always going to be different as far as oh no 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 you know whereas someone who doesn't believe in God or any entity entity or anything they may feel like it is whatever and see nothing wrong with it and be very comfortable with certain levels of evil. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's different. I I even have to remind myself the same way I was bred to be, you know, or grew up in a home that was a Christian home that taught about Jesus and and all of that. There are people who grow up in homes who worship Satan and that's their norm. And so for someone like that, Oh, please, entertainment industry makes sense. Like, there would be nothing that would be eyebrow-raising or concerning. No. Now, for them, 
maybe, you know, working for like a, a Christian establishment would be like, <gasps> you know, for them. But, you know, so listen, I just like to put little things out there that I do know. Um, I do want us to be as the term that probably is overused even by me at times. I do want all of us to be woke. Like I said, I don't want us to have our eyes wide shut. We should have our eyes open to just how the world works. And the fact that the, yes, there is lightness and there is darkness in the world. And to be honest on earth, there's a lot of darkness on earth and how we're going to maneuver through all of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I thought I'd jump on and say that. I will end it with a few, uh, not a few, but with the clips that Gabrielle Union gave just with regards to how, you know, what's going on with the world is affecting um, a lot of black entertainers and their pockets, their money, their bank accounts. Um, and yes, just makes me very thankful to have a regular schmegular degular kind of job. <laughs> where I can thankfully count on at least as far as the end of May. You know, if this quarantine goes past May, I may be in a boat as others where I'm not getting a paycheck, but I'm thankful that I was getting paid consistently for the whole time so far. And um, my prayers are out to people who are financially in a serious hardship right now. Um, I know what that feels like, and that's not a good feeling. I know what it feels like when you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay big bills like rent and things of that nature. That's not a good feeling. And um, thankfully, I believe no one can be evicted at this time. No one's homes can go into foreclosure or anything like that. But I do know potentially the mess, you know, um, that can occur as far as in the back end, what would need to be paid once all of this has ended Um and so, you know, my prayers go out to anyone who is under a certain level of financial duress right now, people who have mouths to feed, backs to clothe, and who need their shelter. You know what I'm saying? I understand. I understand that. Um, but thanks again. I'm about to get myself together, get a little walk in before the sun goes down. Um, stay safe once again out there and continue to rock out with your girl. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Until next time. Certainly black entertainers, black celebrities. Um, we don't really, for all of the, the Oprahs and the, the people who have just a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money, um, most of us are one or two checks away from not having money to pay for all of our things. You know what I mean? Um, so this stoppage of work and money it is impacting marginalized celebrities the most. Um, you know, like all those influencers you see who take all the trip, they're in Dubai one week and they're in, you know, some, whatever, London the next week, the Paris the next week, and they're, they're, they seem to be everywhere. Um, they may not have a lot of liquid income, right? And you need, you can't charge your rent. You, you have to pay your rent. So if you don't have the opportunity to, 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 to um, you know, do all the things, from all the things that you need to do to, to be the influencer, your money's funny. And if your money's funny, you don't have, you, you're, you don't have much of anything. Um, I think a lot of people need to understand the difference between fame and um, having money. Um, and I think this, 
this quarantine is really revealing a lot in terms of there's a lot of people that are famous that don't have wealth. Um, having a lot of followers doesn't equal having a lot of money. Um, and there's going to be a lot of people that are really suffering that you wouldn't expect because they always give us perfection and, and aspirational living. Um, that's not really, that's not the truth. Um, a lot of people that you, that you see in a photo that's airbrushed or it's filtered or it's this, that, the other, um, and then you see in real life and you don't recognize them, um, that's really real. Uh, so you got, well, you got, like, everyone just needs to understand this is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, people who you think have a lot of stuff don't have a lot of stuff. People who you think their lives are perfect and they may have a ton of money. Um, but they, their family doesn't talk to them or they don't have any real.